Hello! Welcome back to another episode of Spirited. Today we're going to be talking about my miscarriage story. Um, Today, December 3rd, marks five years um, since my miscarriage. And I know for me, I've briefly talked about it in a few previous episodes. But for me, so much of my healing process after that was... Um, through talking about it, through hearing other women's stories, through knowing I wasn't alone. So um, in commemoration of five years, I guess, and um, and all that that entails, um, I just wanted to go more in depth and, and share um, everything I can remember So a little disclaimer, I guess, like if you um, don't want to hear some of this stuff, you can fast forward or stop listening. I imagine if you clicked on this with the title that you're interested. Um, So yeah, so as I've stated before, my husband and I got married in June of 2015, um, and then in November of that same year, we got pregnant with our first baby, um, and we were very, very excited. Um, I was a sophomore in college, and it was, I think, two weeks before Thanksgiving. Um, And the weekend before Thanksgiving, we actually had to go home to my, uh, where I'm from in Ohio, Uh, where my family lives because my cousin was getting married. Um, And we had planned on telling both of our families at Thanksgiving. So then we went up and um, went to my cousin's wedding. I was eating snacks constantly. Um, Before even, I guess, knowing for sure that I was pregnant, Um, I was almost certain that I was because I was having some really strange and new symptoms that I'd never experienced before. Um, So I was having intense hot flashes. So if I would be walking around campus, um, and I'm I'm typically a fast walker, um, if I was walking across campus, once I would get somewhere, I would just have these crazy hot flashes. And I would have to go stand outside before class or work and and cool myself down. Um, TMI alert. I also, my boobs got really um, sore and my nipples got much bigger. And so I was, I was pretty certain I was pregnant before even finding out. And right during that time, my parents actually came down for a different wedding. So within a few weekends, um, I saw my family twice for two different weddings being pregnant and not, and not telling them. And then, um, then we went up for Thanksgiving and my family does, um, an annual turkey bowl where, uh, because we're so big, we can do two, uh, football teams and play two hand touch at the, at the high school field right next to our house. And, um, so we were playing, uh, our, turkey bowl before you know starting making all the food and everything and and uh my husband just goes okay nope nobody tackle Michaela because she's pregnant and everyone was just kind of like wait what (laughs) 
Um, and, and so everyone was really excited and, and we played and, um, and so we came home on Sunday, I think. So, and then, uh, by Monday I was just so excited to tell the world we bought like a little stocking. And so I like put up a picture on Instagram and Facebook of, Kevin's stocking, my stocking, and the baby's stocking, and, you know, did a little announcement that, you know, we would be having a baby in July, and we were so excited, and I was only six weeks, or I think maybe that I was just about to be seven weeks, um, and set up my appointment for the next week, um, and was just so, so, so excited. So, um, Wednesday night, I went to play, I was playing intramural, uh, volleyball with my best friend and some of our classmates. All I remember is talking with friends the night before playing volleyball and eating at cookout, talking about having a baby, um, and then getting back to our apartment and seeing some brown discharge which was weird, but I texted my sister who had had three kids already. I was like, hey, is this normal? And she was like, typically, yes, but if you have bright red discharge, then you, you need to get checked out. So I go to bed, not concerned. Kevin's already in bed, and I kind of have a fitful night's sleep. So Wednesday was seven weeks. So I had a, a final... Thursday morning, and then I had like a lunch class that afternoon. And so I didn't really realize I wasn't sleeping well until I woke up, but I was kind of like tossing and turning all night. And when I woke up, I was cramping. And so I went to the bathroom and sat down, and blood just started gushing, just full on gushing. And I, I was in pain, not like cramping pain, but like sharp pain, like kind of like when you're really, when your intestines are cramping before you, you poop and it's kind of that like something's going on and it really hurts. It's like not a muscle pain, it's just a sharp, intense pain. And so um, my husband had already left for work and... So I, I call my, or I think I texted my, my mom and my sister and was like, Hey, I'm bleeding. Um, is this normal? And my mom called me and I was, I was telling her about it. And then, um, we got off the phone and my sister called and she was asking me and I, was explaining the quantity of of the the blood and and everything and just kind of relayed what was going on. And at this point I was still very hopeful like I was I just didn't know what was going on. And I remember my sister saying, "Oh, Michaela, I'm so sorry." And she sounded very sad, and it was in that moment that I was like, "Wait a minute." is what's happening like oh my gosh is this 
is this it? And I had, I had already been texting my husband and I think I, I got off the phone with my sister and, and called him and he was on his way back. Um, sorry, my memory is a little fuzzy. I like remember screenshots vividly in my mind, but I'm trying to remember precisely the order of how things happened. Um, and I remember my sister telling me to, to have Kevin go get pads from the store because I typically use tampons to not use tampons to get pads and that I needed to go into the doctor. So I remember sitting on the toilet emailing my professor for whom I had an exam in like an hour. I should have already left. And I just told her, hey, I have a medical emergency. Can I please reschedule? And thankfully, she was very understanding. Um, but my husband gets there. I relay the information to uh, that my sister had shared to him. And I could tell it just wasn't registering. It was like he just he didn't know what was going on. He was kind of in denial. Um, and I, re I remember just saying, like, you, I need you to go get me some pads. We've, we've got to go to the doctor. And, um, you know, the doctor told me to come right in. And um, I remember, I, and this whole time, I'm sitting on the toilet bleeding. Like, it, I don't think it ever stopped. I doubt it was gushing the whole time, but it was like, it was constant and the pain was constant. Um, so eventually my husband gets back. Thankfully, we live right next to a grocery store. And he he helps me up and my whole body is convulsing, like shaking like I've never experienced, like just absolutely shaking. And I remember what clothes I put on. I put on a pair of sweatpants and one of my husband's long sleeve shirts. Um, I mean, it's early December, so it's cold. And we get in his work truck and we drive straight to um, the doctor or the OBGYN. And so we go in and I got my blood pressure taken. They weighed me. And I remember the, the, when the lady was taking my blood pressure, she was like, you're nervous, aren't you? Because my, my blood pressure was racing. And typically I have very low blood pressure, like 100 over 80 or something usually. Um, and, and it was like in the 140s or something. Like it was way higher than what it usually is. And I was like, yeah. And, you know, I, I know that they, they go through this a lot with, with people and, and they're just trying to keep them calm and, and be that reassuring voice. Um, and so eventually we get into an ultrasound room and a tech comes in and we're do a vaginal ultrasound, which is basically just a tube with lube on it that has a camera or something. I'm not exactly sure. Sensors. And they shove it up <laughs> and through your cervix and see things that way. Because I guess with when things are so small, they can't um, really tell from a 
uh, an ultrasound that goes on your uh, skin. And, and so she looks around and I'm, you know, in pain and uncomfortable and, and everything. And there's just nothing there. And, and, um, and she doesn't say anything. She just kind of does everything. Um, and I guess from the, the type of ultrasound and, and just kind of honestly how aggressive she kind of was when I stood up to clean myself up a lot of things just fell out and dropped on the floor. Um, so I imagine it was whatever growth was in there, whatever form of placenta was in there, clotting. I really don't know what it was. Um, but when I stood up to clean up, it, a whole lump of stuff just fell out. And it splattered on the floor. And it was, it was so bizarre. And my husband and I as terrible as it sounds, just started laughing. And it's one of those things where you have no idea how to respond. And so it's your body just responds and it's not appropriate. I think of all the times like myself or siblings have laughed when we're in trouble or something and it's completely inappropriate. Um, but it's, it's not something you can control. And I think it was a way to lighten the mood almost like it was just unintentional, but we started laughing and cleaned it up and, and went and sat in a different, um, room and one of the nurses or a doctor came in and confirmed that, that I had, um, miscarried and, um, said, you know, apologized and said that it was very, very common that, um, about 30% of pregnancies end in miscarriage, which I had never heard before. For almost a third of all pregnancies to end in a miscarriage and to have never known anyone that had had it was crazy to me. And it was just so bizarre that I had never heard about it before. Now, I, I knew that it existed. I knew it was a possibility. I was terrified of it happening to me, but I didn't know that it was so, so common. And, um, they reassured me that there was nothing that I could have done to change it. That sometimes it's just a hormonal thing that it just wasn't going to survive or isn't viable. And so your body rejects it or something like that. I don't know. No one really truly knows, I guess. And, um, and so we held it together pretty well the entire time. Um, they told us to give me a few months off, um, if we were trying to have kids in order for my body to get rid of any tissue that was already, or that was still inside, um, because that could be dangerous, um, to have foreign tissue with a growth and, and stuff like that. So, um, they said to give my, my system a few months to recuperate and, and to heal, um, before trying again. And so we walk back out to, um, my husband's truck and he, he drives to a nearby post office parking lot and we just park and just both start sobbing. Um, we just, cry 
And my husband isn't typically a crier. Not that he's this, like, super macho man that can't let anybody see him cry. He just, not a lot of things, like, really rile him up or affect him. So if he cries, it's an indication that he's very, very upset. Um, And so we're both just crying and we're like, we have, we have to, to call people. And so he called his mom and I called my mom and, and, and told them. And then I called my sister back and, and I, I used language that I had heard other people use before. And I'll never forget this. I said, I lost the baby. And the first thing she said was, no, you didn't. Don't ever say that. You didn't lose it. It's not your fault. And she immediately, like, refused to let me blame myself, which meant a lot to me. And it, it's kind of painful to think about that because it's, you know, somewhat of a rebuke. But at the same time, it was impactful because it, it didn't allow me to perpetuate the idea that was already swirling in my head of what did I do wrong? Like, I remember sitting on the toilet by myself in that bathroom thinking, what did I do wrong? I'm only 20 years old. Am I not good enough? Like, why can other women have babies and I can't? What's wrong with me? What did I do? Is it because I played volleyball last night? Like, what's wrong with me? And so I had already been feeling shame and guilt and fear and frustration and heartbreak. And I didn't even realize that how I was telling her about my miscarriage continued the idea that it was my fault. And she just stopped me dead in my tracks and was like, no, this is not your fault. Don't say that. Um, and so I've never used that phrase to this day when referring to my miscarriage or to other people who've experienced miscarriage. Um, and, and so thus began, you know, relaying to family and, and friends that we had told. And, um, it was just a really, really, really emotional day, as you can imagine, Um, thankfully my husband didn't have to go back to work and we just went home and cried and, um, my mom and my sister immediately like got stuff together and my sister got her three kids packed up and without telling me just started driving because they were like, we have to be there for her. And throughout the day, people from our church, who I guess through my husband's parents, um, who go to our church and like our family and close friends whom we had told who go to our church, the words kind of started spreading through the pastoral staff and, and stuff. So we were getting calls and texts from people on staff and, and, um, and I started getting messages and texts from people I barely knew or didn't know at all that that had gone through miscarriage and were giving me 
so much encouragement and prayer and things that I needed to hear. And the strangest thing was that I was also hearing from women who I knew and loved that had been through miscarriage that I had no idea had been through it, that they, you know, hadn't shared. And and so I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know you had been through this. I'm so sorry that I wasn't there for you. I, I had so many people that shocked me that I, that had been through it without sharing. And in a weird sense, that made me feel better. Not because I, I wanted anybody else to feel this pain, but it, because it made me feel less like the problem. It made me feel closer to people in a way that is indescribable. It made me feel less hopeless, less like I'm the only woman in the world dealing with this. Um, and in fact, it, it brought me closer to ladies in my church that I had never known before or had barely met who I'm still close with today. It introduced me to just so many relationships that I truly adore and are, am so grateful for. It also brought me closer to my husband. It it forced us to to see each other very quickly into our marriage in a very serious and intense way. It wasn't, you know, the honeymoon phase, but it wasn't like we were still newlyweds. It was like we were thrown into, okay, now we're married. Now we're dealing with real adult heartbreak stuff. I feel like in times of, of trial and heartbreak, couples either run away from each other or run to each other. And I'm grateful that it was, that we were able to run towards each other and we were able to work together and he was able to let me grieve and I was able to let him grieve. I think with a lot of pregnancy-related issues, um, women get the majority of the attention and it makes sense because we are the ones whose bodies are physically being altered and hormones are being run or running rampant and, you know, all of that. But I think often the husbands and the fathers can be forgotten. Um, and I, that was obvious through um, a lot of the men that had reached out to Kevin and to express their sorrow for us and, and their love and care for us. Um, and so I tried in as much as I wanted Kevin not to judge how I needed to grieve that I allowed him the freedom to grieve however he needed to as well. Um, so my mom and my sister drove down all day. It's like a six and a half hour drive. And my best friend brought us dinner and we watched Pitch Perfect together, cuddled up on the couch. And, um, and so that whole weekend was just spent with family, um, which was kind of a blur and we had a very, very small apartment. So there were 
four adults and three toddlers in there, but it was, it was comforting to have, um, to have family there. And, um, that Sunday at church was difficult because a lot of people that somewhat knew us, especially on social media, had only seen the pregnancy announcement on Monday and hadn't heard from us since, as of Thursday, having a miscarriage. So there was no way for a lot of people who knew us from afar to know what had happened. And so Sunday was met with several congratulations, we're so excited for you, and 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 so it was like it was really tough but um we went up for prayer and that was really wonderful to to have people pray over us and um and so monday the next monday really started um healing i guess um i had to take that final that i missed that monday and um, I was at work and I, I told my boss, um, and she had had a miscarriage before too. And so I was able to talk to her about it and, um, and it was, it was just crazy to me how many people had been through it before silently. And, um, and so th- things started getting better pretty quickly once I really was talking to people about it. But even though day-to-day things were getting better, where before, when I was very first pregnant, I would wake up and my first thought would be, oh my gosh, I'm so, I'm pregnant, I'm so excited. And then after, I, I would wake up and my first thought would be, I'm preg- <sighs> I'm not pregnant anymore. And so it took time for that to go away. Um, and then there would be moments of just random emotional outbreak. I remember at Christmas, um, I was doing pretty good, I think. Um, it was the first time seeing the majority of my family since the miscarriage. And um, my sister gave my mom um uh, like framed pictures because she had just had a baby six months prior. Um, and so she had given my mom like a collage of, of family photos. And um, I didn't think it affected me. And it was like I saw my mom open it and I just immediately like burst into tears and ran off. And it was it it wasn't even something that she intended at all. Um, it wasn't planned to be in front of me. Like it, it wasn't intentional and, but it was just, it just hit me out of nowhere, that pain. And so it took time for that pain to, to go away. Um, and it also took time when we were ready to try again, to not be afraid. I know we were supposed to wait a few months and we ended up waiting a little bit longer because we were afraid of it again. And even when I was pregnant with my oldest son now, um, 
I struggled with fear at the beginning of not wanting to tell people of, um, especially when I was at seven weeks. I remember my church had a conference when I was seven weeks along again, and I remember being um, very fearful and um, and I remember in that conference just being spoken to by the Holy Spirit, basically just like, I've got this. It's going to be okay. Um, and, and he was sharing things with me that, um, about this baby's life that I hold fast even now, um, when I feel like I'm a bad parent. Um, that I believe to be true. Um, and one of the most unexpected kind of after effects or shocks of it all is how to honor and commemorate my baby's life. Because even though I was only seven weeks along, I know that I was pregnant and I believe that that was my child. I don't know if it was a boy or a girl, don't have a name. I don't have pictures because it happened before we even had an ultrasound. I don't have anything but a pregnancy test to, um, to have as, as anything. Um, so it's been really weird for me to figure out how to celebrate and honor my baby's life that has no name or no gender or no identity. Um, and especially like that first year, I was nine months pregnant with my son. And so I had him a few weeks later. And so it was, it was strange. And then having the next year, um, I had a almost one year old and I was a few months pregnant again. And so over the last few years, I felt very sad and guilty about how I've handled the date December 3rd. Um, I feel like I haven't done a good job of honoring our baby's life, that I've been quiet or I've passed over it because it's painful or even though I feel like I'm fully healed from it I just I don't know how to do it um and so this this year I've uh, on Mother's Day I got pretty emotional thinking you know I'm not a mom of two I'm a mom of three and asking my husband to refer to me as a mom of three and and challenging myself when people ask, you know, because it's easier when people say, oh, how many kids do you have? To say, oh, I have two, because it's uncomfortable to say, I have three, but only two are living, or something like that. Like, it's uncomfortable for other people and for myself to say that kind of stuff. And so for a while, I just have almost forgotten my first baby because there's not a ton to remember. And so this year I'm really trying to be better, 
So today, on December 3rd, we are having a special dinner. Um, that first Christmas, we got an, a special ornament for our baby. Um, I think it's a willow tree ornament. It's of um, an angel holding a little baby. And so every year we put that up at the very top of our Christmas tree. And so this year when we decorated, we held off on that one. And so tonight we're, we're going to put that on as a family and, and talk to our boys about what it means and who it represents. And, and so I'm, I'm trying this year for the first year to celebrate and honor our baby's life even though there's a lot that we don't know. Um, and I'm hoping that that moving forward, it'll get easier to um, to say that I'm a mom of three, to talk about it in regards to that and, and to to teach our boys about it, and um, I'm hoping that as I get better about that, that the guilt will go away. I guess part of the reason I wanted to do this episode is for that reason, was to honor our first baby that doesn't get talked about much, that doesn't have a name, doesn't have a gender, that we just call our angel baby because that's all we know to call it. I don't even like saying it, but I don't I don't know if it was a boy or a girl. Um, I also wanted anyone out there that's going through this or has gone through this to share and share your pain with me, where you don't feel like you're holding on to all of it yourself, where I can take some of that from you, where you don't feel alone. Um, and also to share that the grieving process takes time and there have been plenty of times that I have, for the most part, been very okay, feel very healed, feel very capable of talking about it, um, with people and I, I don't get emotional about it often, but then there's other times that randomly I'll just break down um where I just think about my baby in heaven and um getting to meet them one day and that sort of stuff can make me emotional so I also want to encourage you even if it's been a while since you've experienced something like this whether that's miscarriage or stillbirth or a variety of things that grieving can take many forms and take a variety of of time frames while day to day I'm okay randomly I'll cry and I imagine at dinner or explaining to my kids what the day means for me and for their dad that I'll be emotional and that it's okay to still be emotional and to grieve um, and that there's no timetable for grief and that your grief doesn't have to look like other people's grief. 
and that you're not alone and that there is peace and comfort and that with the help of Jesus, you will be okay. So I hope that this has been helpful and not too scatterbrained and all over the place. I tried to come into this without a script, without notes, because I wanted to just kind of speak from the heart about what this day means for me. And um, it's really easy to get wrapped up in Thanksgiving and Christmas and my oldest birthday here in a few weeks um, and forget about this day. And it's also easy to push it away because I don't want to have to deal with it or to think about it. But I'm not going to do that anymore. So I hope that um, this has meant something to you in some way and that um, you always know you're not alone. So I love you guys. I hope that you have had a wonderful, safe Thanksgiving. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye.